Damar Hamlin update, FBI January 6th update, and holding Hannity accountable on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 314 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, Click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show is called When the Conspiracy Theories Come True, Part 3. Now, in our last episode, we talked about this horrifying situation of DeMar Hamlin, a safety for the Buffalo Bills collapsing on the football field. And the doctors say he went into cardiac arrest. And it's been interesting going and listening to some of the big sports talk hosts like Dan Patrick and Rich Eisen. Basically, he died on that field. And with CPR and the defibrillator, they brought him back to life. So, the fact that you saw these big football players in tears was because they realized he was gone. And by the grace of God, miraculously, working on him for nine minutes, it's a long time, they were able to bring him back. Now, big, big props to ESPN commentator and former NFL player Dan Orlovsky, who did something on live television you're not supposed to do. Football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football Mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, You know, like... This is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want. It's just on my heart that I want to pray for. It is. Demar Hamlin, right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard. Uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, 
truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. We will continue to cover this story. We'll continue to bring you all the updates that we have. And as usual, we'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. I'll just reiterate how secondary football is in all of this. We are thinking and praying, as you've seen here, for DeMar Hamlin and his family and truly hoping for some better news. So, big props to all three of them. Dan Orlovsky tweeted out Matthew 18.20, which is for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Uh, DeMar's uncle. DeMar's uncle was uh, interviewed by television station News 8, WROC. And uh, we have a short clip from that. Right now, they're just trying to get him to breathe better. Um, he's on a ventilator to help him with breathing. And um, they're trying to get his lungs back to, to full strength. Um, he was like on 100% um, being assisted by the ventilators yesterday. And um, he's improved, I believe, up to 50%. So that's definitely an upward trend, and we're thankful for that. Um, I really believe, like, you know, the power of prayers and, like, I mean, it's, it's been prayers from all around the world. I can't believe the outpour of just just, just well wishes, prayers, and support from everybody, man. And it, 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 it just, it, it's so touching and, and, and heartfelt that it helps us to be able to deal with it because it shows us, like I was saying earlier, that we're not alone in dealing with this and, you know, wishing my nephew a speedy recovery. Wishing his nephew a speedy recovery. Amen. Amen. So, um, some folk get upset. We talk about stuff on the Doc Washburn show, but we have to. Uh, I'm not here to, uh, to soft pedal anything. Forbes magazine, August 20th, 2021. These NFL and college teams are requiring proof of vaccination from fans this season. Updated September 14th, Buffalo Bills will require fans to be vaccinated to attend home games. Yep. Buffalo Bills announced September 14th, 2021, all fans must be vaccinated to attend future home games at Highmark Stadium this season and will not be accepting proof of a negative COVID-19 test in place of proof of vaccination. For the next two home games, September 26, 2021, against the Washington football team, and October 3, 2021, against the Houston Texans, fans will only need to have their first dose, starting with the Bills' October 31st game at home against the Miami Dolphins. Fans must be fully vaccinated. Fans cannot attend the October 31st game or the games following it if they only received one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine and cannot attend if they are within the two-week period following 
their second dose. Fans under 12 can attend without being vaccinated, but must wear a mask at all times. Fully vaccinated adults in attendance will not need to wear a mask at Highmark Stadium. Photos of vaccination cards will not be accepted. Only physical vaccination cards or clear digital vaccine cards. The announcement came following week one of the NFL season in which the Buffalo Bills played at home without proof of vaccination rules in place. So come on, man. Come on. You're going you're gonna to try to tell me that we shouldn't even question. We shouldn't even question what brought that young man down. Why? Why not? Oh, it's too soon, Doc. It's uh It's not polite, Doc. Yeah, that's it. It's too soon, and it's not polite. Oh. Well, see, I thought we're all out here praying for this young man, and we don't want it to happen to somebody else. Of course, something like 94% of NFL football players and 100% of staff are vaccinated. So it's going to happen. Matter of fact, it's been happening to a lot of athletes. Here is Pearson Sharp on One American News, OAN, the network that all the cable systems are trying to get rid of. Back in April of 2022, talk about athletes dropping like flies. But when you put a face on the people suffering, it gets a lot harder to ignore, especially when the people being hurt are world-class athletes, humans in peak physical condition with no comorbidities or prior medical problems. People like Paula Bedosa and Janik Sinner, star tennis players who fell ill during the quarterfinals of the Miami Open and had to retire, unable to finish their matches. Bedosa became sick and left the court in tears, and Janik doubled over in pain in the middle of his match. These are just two of more than 769 athletes who have collapsed during a game on the field over the last year, from March of 2021 to March of this year. The average age of the players suffering cardiac arrest is just 23 years old. How many 23-year-old athletes were collapsing and suffering heart attacks before this year? Do you know any 23-year-old people who had heart attacks before now? And these are just the ones we know about. How many have gone unreported? Nearly 800 athletes, young, fit people in the prime of life, falling down on the field. In fact, 500% more soccer players in the EU are dropping dead from heart attacks than just one year ago. Coincidence? 
When the Pfizer vaccine is known to cause heart inflammation? No. And in fact, many doctors treating these players list their injuries and deaths as being directly caused by the vaccine. By the myocarditis and cardiac arrest, the vaccine is known to cause. This is not a coincidence. Healthy teenagers dying after getting the Pfizer injection. Doctors warned the FDA before they released the experimental vaccine that it would almost certainly cause terrible organ damage. Specifically, the spike protein in the vaccine was damaging the endothelial function of the circulatory system. It is not an exaggeration to say this vaccine has already killed more people than all the other vaccines in the world combined, and not just for one year, but for all years. In 2019, there were 605 reports of deaths over the last three decades from all vaccines. In 2021, there were nearly 15,000 vaccine deaths reported in just the first nine months. And according to the Department of Health and Human Services itself, those numbers represent just 1% of the actual deaths and injuries. Pearson Sharp, One American News. Like I say, the network that all the cable systems, all the satellite systems are trying to get rid of, that's from April 2022. Joe, I wonder why they're trying to get rid of uh, One American News. I wonder why. Um, Dr. Peter McCullough was on with Tucker Carlson talking about this young man, Damar Hamlin. Very concerned, very concerned, and rightly so. Or heart damage. The heart damage or heart damage. The heart damage in some cases can be asymptomatic and the initial presentation can be a cardiac arrest. There's other things in the differential, genetic abnormalities of heart rhythm disturbance, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, uh, a spinal cord type of interaction with the heart. But I think the leading concern here is vaccine-induced myocarditis if indeed he's taken the vaccine. And boy, the family, the Bills doctors, and the current doctors at University of Cincinnati Medical Center have a public health obligation to tell us if he's taken the vaccine i think that i think that's that's fair um in the coming days now the cdc it seems to me since the absolute numbers of heart incidents among young people are dramatically up across the west and the cdc as far as i know has not been honest enough to address this he sent out a tweet the other day saying you know you may be struggling with blood clots if you're a young athlete i don't remember athletes struggling with young blood clots it seems to me like they're trying to tell us this is normal is it normal for young athletes to have life-threatening blood clots we should never have our agencies try to normalize side effects. The FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis and heart damage. Autopsy studies show it can be and is fatal. The same is true for blood clots and neurologic damage. Our agencies should be protecting the health of Americans, and safety is job one. I'm disappointed that they're minimizing it. Yeah, I mean, I think honesty is a prerequisite for trust. When people are honest, you can trust them. But when they lie to you consistently, you can't. Um, so we appreciate your coming on tonight. Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you. Thank you. And they have lied to us consistently, haven't they? No, I, I got the receipts. I got the receipts. Remember Dementia Joe? About a year ago? She's been patient. 
but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. He always lies. He always lies. I give you my word as a Biden. Yeah. Take a long walk off a short pier, pal. No, I'm sorry. That, some people think that sounds too violent. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Just slowly roll off a pier. Here's CNBC's Jim Cramer. People who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated, that's psychotic. No, pal, you're psychotic. Not to mention, often wrong, about your financial prognostications. Here's some guy from the uh, National Institutes for Health pushing the vax. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. For yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Okay, that was leading into winter a year ago. Didn't happen. But Biden repeated the same exact words, a winter of severe illness and death. Didn't happen. Guess what? Chris Cuomo, we like to call him Fredo, and there's a reason for that. Chris Cuomo, he was still on CNN at the time, he said that if you're unvaccinated, you're the biggest enemy. Not Al-Qaeda, not North Korea, not Iran, but you. In a world of threats and tyrants and terror, you know what our biggest enemy is in America? Our fellow Americans. Got it? I'll tell you what, these people were willing to throw away the Constitution just like that. And what does Fauci say? They are the ones that are propagating this outbreak. They are the ones that are propagating this outbreak. Now, speaking of Fauci, have you ever heard what he said October 29th of 2019, just a couple of months before the Wu flu? The China virus went nuts. He was uh, he was talking in a public forum. The first voice you hear will be Michael Spector, a writer for the New Yorker magazine. And we're also going to have uh, Rick Bright in there. Rick Bright is the director of something called BARDA, in Health and Human Services, the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. And then the guy that sounds like Fauci will be Fauci. Why don't we blow the system up? I mean, obviously, we can't just turn off the spigot on the system we have and then say, hey, everyone in the world should get this new vaccine we haven't given to anyone yet. But there must be some way that we grow vaccines mostly in eggs the way we did in 1947. In order to make the transition from getting out of the tried and true 
egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be, you know, beneficial. I mean, we've done well with that to something that has to be much better. Uh, You have to prove that this works. And then you've got to go through all of the clinical trials, phase ones, phase twos, phase three, and then show that this particular product is going to be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is going to take a decade. There might be a need or even an urgent call for uh, an entity of excitement out there that's completely disruptive, that's not beholden to bureaucratic strings and, and, and processes. So we really do have a problem of how the world perceives influenza, and it's going to be very difficult to change that unless you do it from within and say... I don't care what your perception is, we're going to address the problem in a disruptive way and in an iterative way, because you do need both. But it is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of a novel avian virus could occur in in China somewhere. We could get the RNA sequence from that, beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if not even in your home at some point, and print those vaccines on a patch and self-administer. And then they did. And then they did. Obviously. Let's see. We got uh, we got more lies. Jen Psaki, when she was the White House press secretary. Being frustrated that there is still a percentage of the population are, who are not vaccinated. Oh, yeah. I've heard that before. The CEO of Cumulus Media, the company that fired me a couple of months later. Mary Burner, she announced to us August of 2021 that she was angry with Cumulus employees that were not vaccinated. Some of us told her it was none of her business, and that got us the pink slip. With no severance, by the way, no severance. Just so you know, in the interest of full disclosure, you know what Bill Gates would like to do? Well, the Gates Foundation has partnered with Diffit on a great number of things, and uh, among those are our work we do together on livestock, uh, helping animals survive uh, either by having vaccines or better genetics, uh, helping them be more productive. It's making a big difference. Uh, you know, I was down in Ethiopia seeing how chickens are out there uh, laying more eggs, getting more nutrition, uh, and even some small savings into the household. So uh, Edinburgh happens to be where a lot of the world's best work on this is done, and that's why uh, Diffid and the Gates Foundation are, are funding scientists here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Bill Gates wants to vaccinate animals. What could possibly go wrong with that, right? Now remember, we realize he's a really bad guy, but in his mind, he's a really good guy. Never forget that. You know, we had to quote on a previous episode, all these really bad guys, Stalin and Lenin and Hitler and Mussolini and Pol Pot, all these guys, they thought they were the good guys. Leanna Wen, speaking of a, a really bad person who thinks she's a good person, Leanna Wen used to be the director of Planned Parenthood, the, the baby-killing company. And most recent years, 
she is a regular medical contributor to CNN. And she thought it would be a good idea to take your freedom away. I wish that he would go further to restrict the activities of the unvaccinated. I wish that he would go further to restrict the activities of the unvaccinated. Now, more recently, she said, you know, maybe we went too far. Maybe we should have stressed um, exercise, nutrition, rest. We're not forgetting, Leanna. Now, Jimmy Kimmel would like to see you dead. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Horse goo, huh? The lies they tell about ivermectin. Horse goo. Biden, Dementia Joe, says the COVID deaths are all your fault. 25% can cause a lot of damage, and they are. I guess that means the 25% of people that are purebloods, people that are not uh, vaccinated. We got a KISS fans in the house? Gene Simmons says, if you're not vaccinated, you're the enemy. If you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated... You are an enemy. You hear that? Kiss comes out for slavery against freedom. Whoopi Goldberg mocks you on The View. Well, you know, it's my rights. and Okay. <laughs> but I don't care. We don't care about you either, hon. Bless your heart. No, we don't care what you want, Whoopi. We're not going to do it. Pandemic of the unvaccinated. Jen Saki or Saki again, lying through her teeth. Pandemic of the unvaccinated never happened, did it? Never happened. Dementia Joe. The only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that's, and, they're, and they're killing people. Nope. You're killing people. You know, never, never, never try to make the case with me that people are in, uh, in favor of abortion. The murder, the dismemberment of little babies care about their fellow man. No, 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 no. If you're willing to be in favor of that, You don't care about anybody. Don Lemon, CNN. Freedom not to follow the facts, even if your freedom kills people? What kind of freedom is that? What kind of freedom do they really want? The freedom to follow the facts, which is the last thing in the world you want. They always project. They always accuse you of doing what they're doing. Dementia Joe again. We have a pandemic because of the unvaccinated, and there's so an enormous confusion. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, are overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units. No, they're not. Leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or pancreatitis or cancer. 
No, they're not. I was going to say he knows they're not, but, you know, he's been a liar his whole life, and he's got the dementia now, but he's always lied, right? Joy Reid, MSNBC. Shouldn't they have to pay more into the system because they are collapsing our health system? They're the ones in the ERs. She gets paid to lie. Pfizer spends a lot of advertising money on television, broadcast and cable. Never forget that. Jim Cramer again, CNBC. Vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. Fascist said what? Yeah, I call him that. That's what he is. Fascist doesn't mean I don't like you. Fascist means I want the government to take your rights away. Fauci again. Almost like it's going to be two Americas. Well, that's what you wanted, right? You asked for it, you got it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just scratching the surface. Now, we are going to get to the Kevin McCarthy fiasco in the House of Representatives, and we are going to hold Sean Hannity accountable for how he mistreated a female member of the House of Representatives, Lauren Boebert. It was outrageous what he did to her. And we are going to have FBI January 6th updates. God willing, we're going to try to get to everything on this edition of the Doc Washburn Show. i got to tell you something. If you have tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they will drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. Now, don't worry. Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental USA, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We are so excited to have Mike Lindell and MyPillow as sponsors of the Doc Washburn Show. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dream bed sheets. I'm wearing my new My Slippers moccasins. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. I had no idea you could wear your slippers outside. Recently, 
when it was 15 degrees one afternoon in the town I live in. I had to go grocery shopping. I wore my my slippers, moccasins with no socks. My feet did not get cold. I don't know if Mike Lindell wants me telling you that, but it's it's true. And we love, I, I, don't, I don't think he'll mind. <laughs> I don't think he'll mind. And we love our MyPillow towel set. They are so luxurious. And the MyPillows themselves, the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. You'll love them. Mike Lindell's passion is to support American entrepreneurs and bring manufacturing back to our country. For years, people approached Mike with great products but had no way of marketing them. MyStore.com was created to give those people a voice and a platform to bring you their amazing products made right here in the USA. MyStore.com has all kinds of great deals on automotive products, bath and beauty, books and video, clothing, decor items, food and drink, garden and patio, health, home improvement, household essentials, kitchen and dining, personal care, sports and outdoors, toys and games, and so much more. Plus, right now, you can save up to 50% on Giza Dream Sheet Sets. Get them for as little as $29.99 by using the promo code DWS. Save up to $90 on my slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins. Mark down to just $49.98 by using promo code DWS. And right now, get a six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $44.98 just by using promo code DWS. We are honored to be affiliated with a great American patriot like Mike Lindell. Now, some of Mike's items are actually even marked down up to 80% off if you make sure to use promo code DWS. Now, remember, that does not stand for the disgraced Democrat Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz out of South Florida. No, 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 no. DWS actually stands for Doc Washburn Show. Used it at MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. All right, fantastic. Appreciate that. Now, let me let me give you a little bit more. Let me give you a little bit more. TheEpochTimes.com. E-P-O-C-H. New article, CDC finds hundreds of safety signals for Pfizer, Moderna, COVID vaccines. Information obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request reveals the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention identified hundreds of safety signals for the two most widely administered COVID-19 vaccines. Have you heard about that anywhere? The Epoch Times obtained the monitoring results. Bell's palsy, blood clotting, and death were among the signals flagged through analysis of adverse event reports submitted to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or otherwise known as VAERS. The CDC, which runs VAERS with the FDA, describes it as the nation's early warning system for vaccine issues. The CDC's primary analysis compared the reports made for specific events suffered after receipt of a Moderna or Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine to the reports lodged following vaccination with any other vaccine or all non-COVID vaccines. The type of analysis is known as proportional reporting ratio. Safety signals mean a condition may be linked to a vaccine. Signals require further analysis to confirm a possible link. The CDC analysis was conducted on adverse events 
reported from December 14, 2020 to July 29, 2022. The Epic Times obtained the results through a Freedom of Information Act request after the CDC refused to make the results public. Now, theirs is a passive reporting system that accepts reports from anybody, but most are lodged by healthcare professionals who were told during the pandemic they were required to lodge reports if post-vaccination issues cropped up. People who lodge false reports face penalties. Reports do not prove causality or a link between an event and a vaccine. At the same time, studies show that the number of reports is often an undercount of the actual occurrence of post-vaccination events. The CDC and FDA said in operating procedure documents that officials would monitor VAERS to identify potential new safety concerns for COVID-19 vaccines with the CDC performing the analysis, the PRR analysis that we just talked about a few moments ago, proportional reporting ratio. The CDC has issued multiple false statements on the data mining, but ultimately acknowledged it did not start performing the monitoring technique until 2022, more than a year after the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were authorized. This is, it's a long article. I can't do the whole thing, but it's, uh, it's really bad. CDC finds hundreds of safety signals for Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines when they finally got around to monitoring it. Oh, my goodness. By the way, um, November, I don't know if you've heard about this, November 29th, 2021, Forbes magazine published an article from Stephen Salzberg entitled, Yes, the Vaccine Changes Your DNA a Tiny Bit, but that's a good thing. Forbes later retitled the article, COVID vaccines don't alter your DNA. They help choose cells to strengthen your immune response. Unfortunately for Forbes, they made two mistakes. First of all, no one communicated with Stephen Salzberg telling him to delete his tweet containing the original title of the article. Secondly, they didn't delete the original article's webpage, just changed the title and header information. As a result, Forbes has been caught publishing an article which admits that the COVID vaccine does change one's DNA, an article which proposes this to be a good thing but still confesses to genetic alterations, then changing the title to deny that very same admission. Huh. How about that? So, uh, that's messed up, y'all. That's messed up. Um, let's see, James Centolo, RNFNCPT, James Centolo, says, brand new Japanese study found masking breeds dangerous bacteria and fungi. 94 colonies were identified on the face side of face masks. 13 unique fungal genera were identified on the outer side of face masks. This is not benign. And he's got a long thread on Twitter about that, including the link to the article at Substack. It's messed up, y'all. 
totally messed up. Um, oh, did you hear about J.J. Watt? NFL superstar J.J. Watt, fully vaccinated. Said his heart went into AFib. Had to be shocked into rhythm. This is back in uh, October 2nd. He says, I was just told somebody leaked some personal information about me. It's going to be reported on today. I went into AFib on Wednesday, had my heart shocked back into rhythm on Thursday, and I'm playing today. That's it. Fully vaccinated. That's over at the uh, J.D. Rucker has it over at the Liberty Daily. He uh, embedded the, uh, the tweet from J.J. Watt. J.D. Rucker, also a Substack article entitled, Was it the jabs and other questions we're not supposed to ask? In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. This quote, often misattributed to George Orwell, perfectly encapsulates what we're experiencing today in the United States of America, suppression of the truth, has always been in place in many countries across the globe, but America has always stood out as a beacon of free speech in which we're allowed to be wrong, we're allowed to have opinions, and most important, we're allowed to ask crucial questions even if they make people uncomfortable. Today, that's simply no longer the case. We're told by big tech censors, that asking those questions will put our online status in jeopardy. We are told by our own government that asking those questions means we're probably domestic terrorists. We're not told anything by corporate media because they won't ask the questions and refuse to allow anyone on who might slip up to go on air. I'll say there's one there's one exception to that rule. Tucker does. That's about it, though. Anyway, J.D. Rucker, J.D. Rucker on Substack continues, America has become a post-truth society. 2023 is a time of universal deceit. Following DeMar Hamlin's on-field heart attack, many of us wanted to know if he was vaccinated, and if so, when he last took a dose. It's a fair question, considering the masses of athletes who have succumbed to cardiovascular ailments over the last two years. As Dr. Peter McCullough explained to Tucker Carlson, his European study demonstrated an exponential increase in young and otherwise healthy athletes collapsing and often dying after being jabbed. J.D. Rucker says here, I had a Twitter rant of my own after getting many direct messages calling for me to stand down on my questions about Hamlin's vaccination status. Sadly, it's okay to ask someone their vaccine status if they want to go out for lunch, but apparently it's taboo to ask when a 24-year-old athlete has (coughs) has a heart attack on the field. He says, to anyone who gets offended that I would wonder if the jabs had anything to do with a 24-year-old DeMar Hamlin having a heart attack, your opinion doesn't matter to me. 
He says, we're constantly attacked, suppressed, banned, censored, ridiculed, and vilified for being concerned that there has been an undeniable rise in young and otherwise healthy people collapsing and often dying. And yes, many of us believe it was the experimental injections. I have no agenda other than the truth. If the jabs are safe and the adverse reactions are just coincidences, great. I love for that to be the case. If the jabs are not safe, then they must be halted. I want to be wrong about the jabs. Many people I know and love have been jabbed. But my job is to read every headline in a feed of over 250 news outlets every day. And I can tell you with a certainty that young people were not collapsing or dying in 2019 or 2020 like they are today. That's J.D. Rucker over at Substack. By the way, according to a new survey released by Rasmussen, nearly half of Americans think COVID-19 vaccines may be to blame for many unexplained deaths, and more than a quarter say someone they know could be among the victims. Have you heard about that? Also, doctors in Japan are now investigating the link between the experimental COVID vaccine and the unprecedented numbers of people dying suddenly. Two more professors are speaking out against the vaccine. Professor Masataka Nageo of Hiroshima University School of Medicine in Japan, a medical specialist in forensic medicine, performed an autopsy together with the authorities in more than 100 bodies a year. In his analysis of the people who died following vaccination, Dr. Nageo focused on a particular pattern. When the police performed the autopsies on vaccinated people, they found that their bodies had temperatures of over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Dr. Nageo said the first concern was that the body temperatures of the corpses were very high when the police performed the autopsy. The body temperatures were unusually high, such as 91 to 93 degrees Fahrenheit. Normally at the stage of the autopsy, body temperatures are down around 68 Fahrenheit or lower. That's uh, that's messed up. Messed up. That's J.D. Rucker. Substack.com. Check it out. Oh, by the way, um, Died Suddenly is a Twitter profile that I follow. And they have a uh, screenshot of a tweet here from the Massachusetts State Police. Okay? Massachusetts State Police, actually on Facebook, this week has been a difficult one in the Massachusetts law enforcement community. Three active-duty law enforcement officers passed away suddenly within the last seven days. Officers John Santos, Sean Besserick, and Christopher Davis. May they rest in peace. So three officers in Massachusetts in one week, just that one state, dropped dead. It's unbearable. It is unbearable. Uh, Ramesh Thakur over the Daily Skeptic has a fascinating new article. By the way, Ramesh Thakur is emeritus professor at the Australian National University's Crawford School of Public Policy 
and a former U.N. Assistant Secretary General. This article was first published by the Brownstone Institute, article entitled, Attempting to Force Vaccinate the Whole World with an Untested, Unsafe Technology Amounts to Criminal Negligence. I recommend it to you. I just I'll give you a little bit of it. The real world effectiveness of COVID vaccines has not matched the hype of the 95% efficacy claimed in manufacturer trials on the basis of which they were granted emergency use authorization. They've proven disappointingly leaky with surprisingly swift waning of effectiveness, necessitating boosters every few months. In many cases, vaccine rollouts coincided with an upsurge in infections substantiating the concerns expressed by many experts that a mass vaccination campaign in the middle of a pandemic will drive the evolution of vaccine escape variants and generate self-perpetuating waves of infections from the mutating variants. A study from Oxford University in June showed the infection risk increased by 44% in the double-vaccinated in England. An analysis in July by Elgato Malo showed that the U.S. states with higher vaccination rates were experiencing higher COVID hospital admissions. By the end of 2022, the vast majority of COVID deaths in many countries were among the vaccinated and boosted. Yes, they were. This, this has discredited officials and health experts from Joe Biden on down who claimed that the vaccines would prevent infection Onward transmission, severe illness, and initially, or as a fallback justification, death. Hence, their early but by now abandoned claims about the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And it goes on. And it goes on. John Stockton, NBA Basketball Hall of Fame, College Basketball Hall of Fame. Play for Utah. Remember him? John Stockton? John Stockton thinks 1,000 pro athletes may have died from COVID vaccine. Michelle Tafoya has a podcast called Sideline Sanity. She used to be a NFL sideline reporter. Last week, John Stockton, a couple of weeks ago now, Join Michelle Tafoya's podcast, Sideline Safety, to preach his anti-vax narratives. During the interview, Tafoya referenced Stockton's claim that more than 100. Okay, the the headline says 1,000, but the article says more than 100 pro athletes died from the COVID vaccine and asked the Basketball Hall of Famer where that information came from. Stockton said, I got it from a lot of places. Otherwise, I would never have had the confidence to share it. That's the beauty of it. I have quite a system that I go through before I open my mouth, especially with statistics, and I knew at the time that 150 was dramatically low. Fascinating. Fascinating. John R. Lott, Jr. Remember him, the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, the guy that we first heard about back in the 90s when he wrote the book, More Guns, Less Crime. John Arlott Jr. is over at uh, 
Real Clear Politics with an article, CDC Funding Decisions. CDC funding decisions based largely on politics, not science. Yeah. For the second year in a row, the CDC has been caught ignoring science and letting liberal interest groups set its policies. In 2021, the American Pediatric Academy and the Children's Hospital Association tracked COVID-19 statistics in children, and the data show no relationship between mask mandates and the rate at which children caught the disease. In the face of this evidence and other data showing that masks Harm children's development, the CDC supported masking students after being pressured by the National Education Association, the nation's largest teachers union. Now comes word the CDC is again allowing partisan politics to influence its policies. This time, gun control activists got the CDC to remove research from its website. Yet the CDC is trusted to impartially dole out millions of dollars for public health research on firearms. Huh, how about that? Go figure, huh? Wall Street Journal. Alicia Finley, columnist, with an op-ed, Are Vaccines Fueling New COVID Variants? Look, she's not going to ask that on the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal if she doesn't have the goods, okay? Public health experts are sounding the alarm about a new Omicron variant dubbed XBB that is rapidly spreading across the northeast U.S. Some studies suggest it is as different from the original COVID strain from Wuhan as the 2003 SARS virus. Should Americans be worried? And she goes on to make the case that the vaccines may be the reason. I got more. Uh, Look, uh, I plan to get to Hannity and how he abused a sitting member of Congress. Plan to talk about the whole thing with um, Jeff McCarthy. Why do I always call him Jeff? His name's Kevin. I don't know. Plan to give you an update on the FBI on January 6th. There's a lot, a lot, a lot we got to get to here. But we still have a little bit more about DeMar Hamlin and the vaccines and, you know, if I don't share it with you, I know you're not going to hear it anywhere else. You know? I mean, Pfizer spends a lot of money on radio and TV. But I would not take their money, no matter how much they throw at me. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. All right, look, I have been telling you about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, and sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. Now, we all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic. That's right, I said pandemic. While so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom-and-pop businesses suffered question is, what are we willing to do about it? What can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. 
SwitchToAmerica.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big, woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We are done with a woke, globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com. When it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. SwitchToAmerica.com. Are you ready to hear the best-kept secret in American healthcare? Are you having problems with sinus and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? Problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines. Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces, so it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens... Your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. I had bad migraines, too. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, the migraines went away, and they have never come back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. If you're outside Arkansas, make sure you go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right, you want to save some money on your monthly cell phone bill? Do what I did. Switch to Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, 
Your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. All you have to do is just go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, now also offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. If you're a conservative-owned business, tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars, go to corporate woke agendas. Switch to Patriot Mobile Business. Find out more at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com, or just call them at 469-FREEDOM. Patriot Mobile. All right, the great Toby Rogers over at Substack. His motto is, it doesn't have to be like this. As an article simply entitled Damar Hamlin, subtitled, Pfizer kills a black man on live TV and then tells us that we're not supposed to talk about it. Number one, the heart attack. We said it would happen, and it happened. A vaccinated NFL player's heart stopped during the first quarter of Monday Night Football. It's not complicated. If you repeatedly inject billions of people with a shot Known to cause blood clots, you're going to see lots of heart attacks everywhere, at school, at the gym, during a live newscast, at the mall, on the highway, and during sporting events. Players, coaches, staff, and fans will also have heart attacks in the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball in the coming years. The outcome of the NCAA basketball final last year was influenced by the fact that a star player for North Carolina, fully vaccinated, of course, had to leave the game with myocarditis. But we're not allowed to talk about that. And so it keeps happening. Number two, the movement blinks. Within minutes of the heart attack, Big Pharma used med Twitter to flood the zone with a lie. The lie that the heart attack was definitely a result of commotio cortis, an extremely rare sports injury whereby a kid struck in the chest, usually by a baseball, can experience cardiac arrest. There are all sorts of reasons why this is false. Unlike baseball players, football players wear hard plastic chest protectors. The tackle was not unusual. And if anything, Damar Hamlin, shifted his body to the side in ways that deflected the collision. And commotio cortis usually only happens in kids under 15 years old. By the time one is an adult, the body is more fully developed to protect the heart from such a blow. But that did not stop every vaccine injury denialist on Twitter from shouting from the rooftops that the tackle, not the deadly vaccine, was the culprit. At the same time, Medical Twitter told us the vaccine skeptics 
to kindly shut up. And that any speculation on our part was dishonoring DeMar Hamlin and his family. So, first they lied, and then they tried to silence us. I'm disappointed by the fact that some of the big-name newbies in our movement immediately fell for the Kamosho Court of PSYOP. I imagine they fell for it because they are scared of the enormity of the truth. That is, we are living in the midst of a genocide. I'm grateful for everyone who has joined our movement, but you need to know that mainstream society is never going to let you rejoin them. So you may as well stand and fight instead of taking a dive anytime pharma gives you the opportunity to distance yourself from those awful, dirty anti-vaxxers. I should also add that I didn't see any of the big players in the movement who have been doing this for a long time step up either. At a time when the movement could have used some leadership, the bigs went silent as well. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I will. Dr. Peter McCullough stood up. Maybe you missed him. <sighs> Number three, the art of shaping the narrative. When a big event like this happens, you have anywhere from five to 45 minutes to shape the narrative. That's it. A narrative is like wet concrete. It's really important to have structures in place to guide it, and you only have a short window of time to shape it before it hardens. Once the narrative is set, it's rock solid. New facts will bounce off of it. Pharma understands this, which is why they flooded the zone with the Kamosho Cordis lie as quickly as possible and tried to keep us out of the conversation. Yeah, they did. They did. That guy, um, what's his face? The guy from uh, the Mayo Clinic. I played the clip of him talking on the last episode. And then I pointed out he works for the Mayo Clinic. He's like, no, it couldn't be a vaccine. It's Kamosha Cordis. Suterer, Dr. Suterer. And then I pointed out the Mayo Clinic is still promoting the vaccine for pregnant and nursing mothers. Well, it's an outrage. It really is an outrage. Now, while we're at it, I don't want to forget Steve Kirsch. On his substack, he's going nuts, man. Steve Kirsch. Substack.com. It's K-I-R-S-C-H. He's got an article called The COVID Vaccines Unsafe and Ineffective. He says it's time for the CDC to call a spade a spade. The data is overwhelming. These vaccines make you more likely to die from COVID as well as many other conditions, including died suddenly. He says, in my previous survey, I showed that 19% of vaccinated deaths were due to COVID. 19% of unvaccinated deaths were due to COVID. Now, at first glance, you might conclude the vaccine was completely ineffective, a big fat zero. But that would be wrong. You know why? Well, it's because we know from other studies, such as the scatter plots from Josh Sterling that will be released later in January, that the overall all-cause mortality is higher for the vaccinated. So that means on an absolute basis, the vaccine makes you more likely to die from COVID, not less likely for every age group. In plain English, it means 
There is no death benefit whatsoever for the COVID vaccine and protecting you from dying from COVID. It is the opposite. It makes you more likely to die from COVID and lots of other conditions. There's only downside to taking these vaccines, period. End of story. Full stop. He says, could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong. For example, any single survey is biased, since you rarely can survey everyone in the country and get a true answer. Has anyone shown me compelling evidence I'm wrong? Nope. Have I tried to seek out such evidence? You better have. I had over a dozen $1 million bets offered until recently and had no takers. Nobody was confident enough in their beliefs to actually put money behind their beliefs. In Texas, they call this big hat, no cattle. But finally, I did find somebody to take me on. Sar Wilf, S-A-A-R, Wilf, W-I-L-F. Sar thinks the vaccines save more lives than they cost. I think it's not even a close call. Sar is willing to bet 500000 that he's right. I called his wager and raised it to $1 million. I'm thinking of possibly creating a side pot for people to join in and bet alongside the hypothesis that you believe in. So let's see the strength of support for both hypotheses. And he has two polls. How much would you wager that Steve got it right that the vaccines increased all-cause mortality with respect to the unvaxxed? And how much would you wager that SAR got it right? He says, if I get enough interest on both sides, I may set this up. But I suspect that most people only put their money behind the unsafe and ineffective hypothesis. So it might be hard to find a counterparty to support SARS contention, but let's see. I'll follow what the data says, no matter where it may lead. Let's try the poll first. But when we ask people to deposit cash, that's when we'll see the truth come out. That's amazing. Summary to the article, the CDC lied, people died. The vaccine does not provide a death benefit from dying from COVID. It does the opposite. It doesn't provide any benefits at all. It depresses your immune system and attacks your body. It kills people. It is arguably the worst so-called vaccine ever made. That's why they had to mandate it in order to get people to take it and why they need liability protection for the manufacturer. Okay, next, Steve Kirsch.substack.com. Article entitled, How the COVID Vaccines Can Kill Athletes. Subtitle, the AP claims there is no link between the COVID vaccines and athletes dying, but it's in the peer-reviewed scientific literature. They do not want anyone to know that. And he says, when is the press going to start telling people the truth about the vaccines? I'm starting to think the answer is never. Consider this article written by the Associated Press, which claims by citing uninformed sources in the medical community that there is no evidence linking the COVID vaccines with the sudden death of Athletes. The title, Damar Hamlin's Collapse Fuels Lies About COVID Vaccines. He says, are they telling the truth? No. They're just talking to doctors who are ill-informed about what is actually in the medical literature. If the AP reached out to any of us so-called misinformation spreaders, we could have told them that peer-reviewed, what the peer-reviewed scientific literature says but they never seem to want to talk to any of us since that would destroy the fairy tale they're desperately trying to make the public believe. He says, one of my friends was finally able to get his paper published showing the link 
catecholamines are the key trigger of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine-induced myocarditis, a compelling hypothesis supported by epidemiological, anatomopathological, molecular, and physiological findings. Guy named Flavio. His paper says SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine-induced myocarditis primarily affects young males, while the risk was not observed following COVID-19 infection. The epidemiological, autopsy, molecular, and physiological findings unanimously and strongly suggest that a hyper-catecholaminergic state is a critical trigger of the rate cases of myocarditis due to components from SARS-CoV-2 potentially increasing sudden deaths among elite male athletes. So there's that. Last but not least, stevekirsch.substack.com, article entitled, Why Can't We Talk About It? Subtitle, How Are We Supposed to Resolve Our Differences If Every Vaccine Advocate in the World Refuses to Have a Civil Discussion About It? And that is from December 5th, 2022, and I highly, highly recommend it to you. So, it's very troubling, isn't it? Now, before I move on to the FBI in January 6th, before I move on to Kevin McCarthy and how Sean Hannity was just terrible. Just terrible to a congresswoman, member of Congress. Lauren Boebert. I got a little bit more audio for you that I think I owe to you. Pilot Greg Pearson suing over the vaccine mandate. I, too, did not want to get the vaccine. Um, I've never had a flu shot in my life. Injecting experimental drugs into me, not something I ever wanted to do. Traveling between the state that I live in, Hawaii, and California, where I have family, uh, two states that have archaic uh, travel restrictions, uh, I decided between the pressure of that and my airline that was going to require a mandate vaccine, I went and got the jab. I did it at 11.30 in the morning in Hawaii. Everything was normal. I went to bed. Woke up at 3.30 in the morning with my heart pounding out of my chest. I went to the ER. Uh, They hooked me up quickly to EKG, IVs, did blood work, quickly determined that I was in atrial fibrillation. It's a major cause of stroke. Um, As Lee said, there's there's, uh, critical phases of flight where... This, this stuff, when, when I certified to go fly, I have to check off a box before I go fly all you lovely people wherever you want to go before I take that multi-million airplane. I check this box and it says I'm fit to fly. That was before COVID. 
that's when you knew, yeah, I have food poisoning, I'm cold, have a cold, whatever. Um, here, you never know when the genie's going to come out of the bottle and smack you down. I could have stroked out at 100 feet trying to land an airplane with 40 airplanes lined up next to us. I could have just pushed down on that stick before the person next to me could do anything. We're in a... It's all over for a lot of people. Not a good scenario. Pete Buttigieg isn't telling you anything about this. The administration is not. The NIH, the CDC, they suppress all this stuff. There's a number of pilots out there that are fearful to come forward and speak. They're fearful of retribution. There's guys that are going to work with crushing pains in their chest, in their heads. They're scared that they're going to lose their careers because they're 25 years old. This has got to stop. So what do you think about that? I got a piece of anonymous audio from a woman who was very compelling. Very compelling. I'm never going to take another vaccine in my life, and I will never trust the government again. I'll also never trust the healthcare system. I'm never going to eat a f***ing bug, and I'm never going to comply with lockdowns or masks. I'm never going to believe the mainstream media again. I'm never going to acknowledge your pronouns, and I will never acknowledge a pedophile for anything but that. Although there is one thing I would like to thank our elite pedophiles for. They woke up a group of people that are going to destroy them. I'm here for two things, freedom and up. And I'll tell you right now, I'm running out of freedom. Wow. Wow. That, um. I don't I don't know how to characterize that, but it just it hit me right between the eyes. This guy named Stu Peters has a very popular podcast and he produced the Died Suddenly documentary. And he has some thoughts. I'd be remiss in my duty if I didn't share this with you. Every other virus has to be questioned. Because this whole COVID-19 thing was fake. And nothing triggers people more than evidence put right in front of their face that proves that they were duped and then did something to themselves that they cannot reverse. I'm sorry, but we will not participate in that grift. 24-year-old athletes at the peak of their physical condition. These are professional athletes collapsing from sudden cardiac arrest on live national television. And if you even suggest that the bioweapon shot was the cause, people absolutely lose their mind. We aren't afraid to say it. The NFL acknowledged that nearly 95% of players and nearly 100% of team personnel were vaccinated. This is not normal, and we refuse to go along with the jab shills that will tell you that DeMar Hamlin collapsed after a routine hit. The contact between he and that Bengals receiver was innocuous. We have seen hits like that for years. No, it's not normal. 
and we are just only at the beginning. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When 5 billion people finally realize and are ready to admit what they've done to themselves, when those 5 billion people realize that it was never a natural virus and that they were lied to, the people behind this will have nowhere to hide. From your lips to God's ears, brother. Proud to be on the same side with you. So, um, briefly, the January 6th committee recently issued a report about January 6th. A lot of stuff they left out. But amazingly, something they left in was Ray Epps texting a family member saying he had orchestrated it. And he has not been indicted. And he won't be indicted. And you know why? Ted Cruz, about a year ago, had the assistant director of the FBI for counterterrorism under oath. Her name's Jill Sanborn, and it went something like this. The Sanborn was Ray Epps, the Fed. Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next day, the next day, on January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir, similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. The Fed's have arrested almost a 1,000 people. Charged with one thing or another about January 6, 2021 at the Capitol. A lot of those people didn't even go into the building. But they're not going to indict Ray Epps. And they're not going to charge Ray Epps. And you know why. And you know why. Now, on the next episode, I hope to get into more detail about January 6th, about the FBI. But uh, I wonder if you realize what Kevin McCarthy said on the floor of the House a few days after January 6th, 2021. That doesn't mean the president is free from fault. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility. Quell the brewing unrest. And ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. You think this guy should lead the uh, Republicans, House Representatives? This guy? I would love to know. How Donald Trump, who has repudiated people for a lot less than that, decided, yeah, this is my guy. Because people voting against McCarthy have said that Trump contacted them and said, cut it out. Go ahead and go ahead and make a speaker. And like, sir, we respect you too much for that. Now, did you hear what Tucker Carlson said that uh, 
that Kevin McCarthy should do if he really wants to be speaker? Have you heard about this? So really, the pivotal question is, how badly does Kevin McCarthy want this job? 20 of his colleagues have just publicly disavowed him loudly and again and again. So to win them back, McCarthy is going to have to give them something real, not more airy promises, which he specializes in. He's going to have to give them actual concessions. If Kevin McCarthy wants to be the speaker, he is going to have to do things he would never do otherwise. Like what? We can think of at least two things. First, release the January 6th files. Not some of the January 6th files and video, all of it. And not to some phony committee that will hide them, that in fact is designed to hide them from the public, but put them online. Release them to the public directly so that the rest of us can finally know what actually happened on January 6th, 2021. It's been two years. It's long overdue. It's our right as Americans to know. And McCarthy could tell us. Second, Kevin McCarthy could put Thomas Massey of Kentucky in charge of a new Frank Church committee designed to discover what the FBI and the intel agencies have been doing to control domestic politics in this country. They've been doing a lot. But no one in Washington wants to talk about it. This topic is effectively off limits and has been. In fact, no one's talked about it for almost 50 years. And so because no one has talked about it or stopped it, the rot has spread and democracy has withered. You can feel it. The FBI has now a bigger force in American elections than any single group of voters. This cannot continue. It is poison. And Kevin McCarthy is uniquely situated right now to stop it. So by striking a deal with his 20 colleagues, McCarthy could restore our system to health and at the very same time get the job he has always wanted. It's not so complicated. Let's hope he does it. That's not going to happen. I mean, look, it's great advice, but it's not going to happen. You you and I both know it's not going to happen. Now, um, Sean Hannity, for years, Sean Hannity, the, the, the big complaints about him have been that he interrupts his guests he doesn't listen to his guests. He doesn't listen to his callers on the radio. He consistently brings people on who are not in any way, shape, or form conservatives and insists that they are. Um, but I tell you, he, uh, he really took the cake this time. He's gone above and beyond to ingratiate himself with the uh, the establishment, the rhinos, and to be extremely impolite to his guest, U.S. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Now, after, after we deal with how Sean dealt with Lauren Boebert, then I'll play you an example of somebody else on Fox who asked her tough questions but was actually polite. It's like night and day from what Sean did to her. Night and day. Okay. Let's see. It went something like this. 
Hi, time now tonight for the Hannity Hot Seat. And tonight we're joined by a Republican who opposed Kevin McCarthy's bid for speaker on every single ballot. That is Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. And she says negotiations with McCarthy have been ongoing since the summer, but that her demands are not being taken seriously. Now, meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy's camp is now reportedly trying to determine which of the 20 votes against him are because of a policy disagreement versus a personal vendetta. Here now with reaction is Congresswoman Boebert. Now, Congress- you notice the people on Fox always say, here now with reaction. I guess their focus groups, their Frank Luntz focus groups, have told them that reaction is a good word to use. Have you ever noticed that? Here now with reaction. As opposed to, so we asked Congresswoman uh, Boebert to come on and tell us what she thinks. No, no. It always has to be here now with reaction. wonder why that is. So let me let me you tweet uh, town hall quoted you today saying the president, you, you said complimentary things about President Trump needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes. It's time to withdraw. Let me turn the tables, Congresswoman. Kevin McCarthy has two hundred and two, three votes. Your side has 20. So if I'm going to use your words and your methodology and your math, uh, isn't it time for you to pack it in? And- <laughs> that's funny your side to pack it in considering he has over 200 and you have 20 all right now he's gonna let her speak eight words before he interrupts her sean i understand the frustration i promise you but i'm not um, frustrated you didn't answer my question we- he only let her get eight words out before he says i'm not frustrated you you didn't answer my question Sean, sometimes it takes more than eight words. Sounds like uh, sounds like you're being a little impatient there, brother. We are hearing, we I'm are not, hearing I'm from many frustrated. people who are still voting with. He says he's not frustrated again. That's twice he says he's not frustrated. Kevin McCarthy. You're not answering my question. And he interrupts her again. You're not letting her answer your question. Of what we're doing, and they're cheering us on. So there are more for us than are against us, and they are waiting for Kevin to cave. Okay. Um, you know, the American people are certainly frustrated. He keeps on interrupting her, but that's Hannity. That's what he does. Frustrated by, I'm frustrated by you not answering a direct question. Whoa! You just said twice you're not frustrated. And now you're saying you are frustrated. Which is it, Sean? You said to President Trump, you, you said earlier today that President Trump needs to tell and Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy not you don't have the votes. Can I finish? Oh, no. You won't let her get a word edgewise. And now you're saying, can I finish? Because she's trying to finish a sentence herself. See, I wonder why so many people are complaining about this guy. Can I finish? You don't have the votes and it's time to withdraw. He has 203. Your side has 20. Why is it time for him to withdraw and not you when he has so many more votes? Because he doesn't have 218. And they're assuring everybody he's not going to get 218. How hard is that, Sean? 
Well, Sean, he needs 218, and he does not have 218. We've been trying Neither to work this out in private, as you said, for months. But Kevin McCarthy didn't even want to listen to us until his disappointing midterms. We all want a unified party. But this isn't chaos. It's a functioning constitutional republic. When everything is said and done, okay, I like uh, House show. Republicans will be stronger and better prepared to lead than we ever have before. I believe you this read? is what our founding fathers intended. And okay, this is showing yesterday that you our voted. votes are working. Our votes aren't just in uh, a cast. Congresswoman, I'd ask you not team. to filibuster. No, you didn't ask her not to filibuster. You just keep on interrupting her. You see how this guy operates? Yesterday you voted and Jim Jordan was your choice. Uh, today it was Byron Donaldson who was your choice. Uh, tomorrow, I don't know who you're going to vote for. But the bottom line is you still only have 20 votes. Let me ask you this. Kevin McCarthy. I think we're proving put, that we're open to me, a menu of options. Many you're different you're people proving that 20 speaker. people There's don't want Kevin McCarthy man. at this time. But my question to you is we this. We're proving that there are many options. My question to you is, did you support Kevin McCarthy's commitments to America? And do you not believe believe that he's going to follow through on his written promises? His commitment to America is not as, as strong as I would like it to be. And we have been working on the rules to change the structure of how Washington, D.C. is is run and operated. Sean, you know more than anybody how broken this town is. This is something that we have an opportunity to rebuild, to restructure. And it takes he, the right tools and the right leadership to... Maybe he likes it broken. To do that. Border security, energy independence, debt reduction, and earmarks. And we asked him to put forward oh, the Texas-built okay. border plan. He and refused. Then, and then, well, he's willing to bring back the, the exact plan that worked under Donald Trump. And then he also has pledged investigations into the FBI and DOJ, the influence peddling of the Biden family, the origins of COVID and Anthony Fauci, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. My question is... Do you support it's not going all, to be Kevin McCarthy? Do you support all of those agenda items he promised? Of course I do, but I do not trust Kevin McCarthy at this point to deliver on those promises, especially when I go into good faith negotiations with him and then he comes out and lies about what those conversations were. Boom. Can you say with me, fam? Boom. Um, saying that members demanded okay, that's your a, a characterization. He's not here to answer. We want. So let well, me ask fine. you this: He's you, you and others, to one member in private, because he won't po- apologize to him in public for spreading lies okay. about that meeting. Here's my question: So you and others fought hard for a motion to vacate, with only five Republicans able to trigger that 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 motion. Uh, Kevin mm-hmm. McCarthy didn't want to give it to you, but he did give it to you in the end. To me, that's kind of an insurance so, Sean, policy. I- can I finish? But he didn't all the way. He did Wait not. A minute. Sure. He, he gave you what you asked for. And one of the things that he I've been not. asking people, I'm asking you tonight, who is your final choice for speaker? He gave you what you asked for. She's like, he did not. Can I finish? <laughs> oh, uh, um, I shouldn't be calling names. And if you can't get more than, let's say, 30 votes, will you follow your own advice uh, that you are asking Donald Trump and withdraw? It's not her own advice. It's two different things. It's two different things. He doesn't have 218, and they're going to make sure he doesn't get 218. So eventually he's going to have to withdraw. Right? Um, 
But Hannity and logic are not two things that always go together. You know? That's the problem. Hannity and logic. I think it would be better if he were polite and didn't keep interrupting her. But hey, that's just me. There are certainly names that are being floated around. And, hey, maybe I should nominate President Donald J. Trump tomorrow. But, Sean, I I did watch your show last night. Is this a game show? Like, we're going to pick on this motion. We're going to pick Jim Jordan one day. You're going to let her finish, Sean? Obviously not. Interrupting. This motion to vacate because he did not give us this motion to vacate. I'm showing there's a, a, a whole consensus of other candidates. But I'm, not, I'm trying to understand but how you're thinking. This motion here. to vacate, Sean, you need to understand that, that Kevin McCarthy did not give us my hard red line. He fought and for this it. is a century old centuries. No, he did not. Let me tell you what they're talking about here. This is from an article from The Federalist back in November 22nd, Christopher Jacob what the House motion to vacate means for the speakership and why Republicans must preserve it. Amid all the post-election debates surrounding Republican leadership in the House of Representatives, expect here one term on a frequent basis between now and the time the 118th Congress convenes January 3rd, the motion to vacate. Current House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy won the vote of House Republicans as the party's official nominee to become Speaker of the House, but several members of the party caucus voted against him in the intra-party vote between now, which was November 22nd, and the time the new Congress formally elects its Speaker McCarthy must win over several dozen of them to obtain the 218 votes necessary to claim that post, and the status of the motion to vacate will provide one of the Fisher points with at least some of the conservatives who voted against McCarthy during the internal vote seeking to change how the motion operates. The motion to vacate the chair allows a majority of representatives to vote to topple the speaker and replace that person with new leadership. Some might oppose allowing such a motion because Republicans narrow margins. They will likely control no more than 222 votes in the new Congress could allow Democrats to play procedural games in the minority. But with such a narrow majority, the opportunity for procedural games exists regardless of the motion to vacate. Assume, for instance, that Republicans end up winning 220 seats in the current Congress with 215 Democrat representatives. Well, fortunately, it was a little bit more than that. For the sake of hypothetical, let's assume the half a dozen Republicans well, it's going down because he said he's going to explain what it is. Well, he did. The motion to vacate means that you can vote to change leadership. You can vote to oust the speaker. And that's been a rule for like 200 years, and then Pelosi got rid of it. So anyway, that's what they're talking about here. No, he, well, I know that he made the that promise. That was written by Thomas Jefferson. I know he made the promise because... 1837, with five members, Sean, with five members, not that's one right, member five. to offer the okay. motion to vacate. So and my question is this. Nancy Pelosi's You haven't answered my question. So if you have... You yesterday you supported, yesterday you supported Jordan. Today you're supporting Donald. That's not the way this works. He doesn't want to let her get her points out. He's just playing with her. 
a check and a balance on the third in line. Who is your fight? Let's have a final answer. Who do you want to be Speaker of the House? Maybe the conference to decide. We need to come together. Who do you want? I'm asking who you want. She's not at that point, man. It's about principles, something you don't understand. It looks like life after Kevin. We need I would to like find to somebody know, who can actually uni- unify the Republican Party. I have offered I, I would like to know. Let some other folks start offering There are other 203 people, point. and you have 20. I respect the 20 of you. I respect all of you. No, you don't. You. But I'm at- if you respect her, you wouldn't treat her like this. Asking you, based on and your own words, you as well. who is your final? Let's have a final answer. No. They're not at that point. Who do you want? Who will you only support to be speaker? It's not that hard. I am willing to have conversations with the Republican conference to come up with a consensus candidate. We are offering people right now. It doesn't have to be a member of the Freedom Caucus. It doesn't even have to be a solid half, conservative. Way, more, but we have more than to have half those the Freedom Caucus supports place. McCarthy. That's irrelevant. So you we don't have, have, have you don't even have a name. Because there, and we're now going into day three. Afraid when you are threatened. By- He's just trying to insult her. He doesn't respect her. He's trying to insult her. By committee chairman oh, to gosh. not be placed by steering member. Right, let me ask uh, a final question. She says when you're threatened by committee chairman, he's like, oh, gosh. The truth makes Sean Hannity uncomfortable. Committee chairmen are threatening people who are voting against Kevin McCarthy. It's been widely reported. Sean doesn't want to hear that. So he says, oh, gosh, to imply that either that's irrelevant or he doesn't believe it. And he's hoping that his viewers will go with him on this. If your final, if your final candidate. On a committee, and then Kevin McCarthy affirms that. That's a scary place to be. We are here to legislate. We are here to get the country back on track. And when tell. you have people making threats like that, it's difficult to make that decision. But we are going to get there. I am fine doing this. We're in day two. It's okay. The government isn't spending um, money, sending it to Ukraine. So the American taxpayers are certainly winning. This will, um, politically, but, you know, Congresswoman, you and I agree on most things. We don't. I don't think so. She doesn't like the swamp. You do like the swamp. I don't disagree on many yes, things, Sean. And and I, I do have respect and for I you, but I history will but show however, that I'm on the right. You don't have respect for her. You wouldn't keep jumping on her lines, interrupting her. Side of this, Sean. How, how, well, you you can believe you're in your position, but I'm using your words. You said to President Trump. You said we're very clear. He doesn't have 218, so you need to ask him to withdraw. If by Friday you and your group of 20 don't have a name with 30 votes, is it time for you to withdraw? And if not, why do you support a double standard? It's not a double standard, Sean. Who put you up to this? Kevin McCarthy's uh, roommate, Frank Luntz? Huh? Question. Kevin McCarthy does not have 218 votes. Kevin McCarthy will not be speaker. And you have 20. That's irrelevant. I asked you a very specific question. If by Friday you don't have 30. I will not, Sean. I will not withdraw. Our asks were were not petty of Kevin McCarthy. They were not self-serving. We simply were asking for commitments on what the American people want to see. They want to see a vote on term limits, a vote on the Texas border plan to secure the southern border. Congresswoman, with all due respect. You're not respecting her. You keep on interrupting her. You keep talking over her. 
You're giving her no respect whatsoever. For a vote on a budget that actually balances. Imagine, imagine a Congress that stops so spending money that we don't have. So if you only have 30 people supporting you. And we are going to get the right speaker shot. If you only- See, he doesn't mind that they're spending money they don't have. He doesn't mind the budget isn't balanced. Only have 30, to be clear. You will not withdraw. going to be a beautiful number But you're to telling reach. Kevin McCarthy and the, and the 203 people that support him to withdraw because they don't have 218. That's what you're saying. Let me tell you something. After Barack Obama was reelected, Sean Hannity went on his radio show the next day and said, you know, I've been thinking about this, doing some soul searching. I think we probably ought to endorse amnesty for illegals. You don't remember that, do you? I remember it. So principles are something I don't think Sean has a very good grasp on. Look, it's obvious by tonight's motion to adjourn that Kevin McCarthy and his supporters are already getting you, voter fatigue. And I, I, I asked I'm you a simple question, Congresswoman. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm. She keeps answering it, buddy. But you don't like the answer. Getting a, a liberal. I'm not going an to answer support from Kevin liberal. McCarthy, Sean. Okay, so even if you only have 30 votes, Kevin McCarthy, you will not abide by what you told President Trump to abide by. I I got it. I feel like we've made progress. Look, I love President Trump. You're not going to turn me on him. You're not going to pit him against me. Not trying to pit him against you. Yeah, you are, buddy. That's what you said to him. I am standing. I have seen the the trust. I have seen the lack of accountability. Well, we are we are getting phone calls saying that we need to stop this. Kevin does not have the votes for speaker. Period. We need to find a consensus candidate, get this right, and get our country back on track. Thanks so much, Sean. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe. No, I'm not going to, Sean. Now remember, Sean Hannity is the guy. That always brings on Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. Now, Sean, wait and see. Sean, we're going to get to the bottom of it, Sean. And pretends he's a uh, a conservative. Sean Hattie's the guy who brought Bruce Jenner on last year. Jenner had been on The View earlier that day. Joy Behar made the mistake of keeping on saying he and him instead of she and her. And so Sean Hannity said, well, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Jenner, I don't think that uh, Joy Behar intentionally misgendered you. Do you know that? Sean Hannity, the guy who always says he's a conservative, not a Republican. Well, what are you trying to conserve, Sean? What exactly are you trying to conserve? Looks like the status quo. Now, if you want to hear somebody who knows how to conduct an actual interview, and look, I'm not crazy about this guy, okay? I don't think this guy is on our side, okay? But... He had Lauren Boebert on, congresswoman from Colorado. He asked tough questions, but fairly. Tough but fair. He was polite. I haven't been a Brett Baer fan since election night 2020, for obvious reasons we don't have time to go into right now. 
But look at the difference between how Sean Hannity comported himself and how Brett Baer handles himself, and Brett has half as much time as Hannity. Hannity went somewhere between 10 and 11 minutes, and Brett Baer only has five and a half minutes. And we learned a lot more from the Brett Baer interview. Check it out. Congresswoman elect, I should say. Good to see you. Um, What's the bottom line here? What are you trying to accomplish? The bottom line is unity in the Republican Party. We have been um, in negotiations with Kevin McCarthy since the summer. Unfortunately, in the summer when those negotiations began, we were not taken seriously because um, our our votes didn't seem to matter as much as they do in this slim majority now. Um, We have had increased conversations, and I have been working for months behind the scenes to create unity. Uh, just last night, two colleagues and myself walked into Kevin McCarthy's office and presented him a very common sense proposal, a deal that got him 218 votes, the gavel on the first ballot. And he smugly rejected that. And it was very common sense things like putting forward a border security bill, putting forward a term limits bill, having uh, a measure in place to where any member of Congress who offers an amendment to reduce the federal debt? Well, that's made in order. And there were so many other things that were common sense and even requests that he had made it us, uh, of us that we presented to him. And uh, right now, it is seeming uh, very difficult for Kevin McCarthy to come back around and pick up those votes that I had in hand for him last yeah. night. So, Congressman, let increased me, opposition. Let me say, uh, push back with what they say and what his allies say, and that is that you all were moving the goalpost. That uh, in... In addition to the list you just mentioned, you had a no-confidence vote for Speaker. That he got down to five members uh, who could stand up together and say this is not working for him as Speaker. But then it was moved to one member would just stand up and say there's no confidence in this Speaker. That's number one, moving goalposts. But number two, they say untenable for any leader. How do you respond to that? Um, there was nothing that we proposed um, that is uh, that is unattainable for him. Um, and with the single member motion to vacate, this has worked in the House of Representatives for nearly two centuries. Nancy Pelosi was the very first Speaker of the House to remove this check and balance that members have on the third in line to the presidency of the United States. And Kevin McCarthy wanted to continue with Nancy Pelosi's president and take accountability away from himself while asking for more responsibility. That is the one thing that I've been public on. I said, this is my hard line. We have to have accountability in the House of Representatives in order to have trust. And uh, without uh, without trust, it is vital that we have that accountability mechanism yeah. so and personnel. You're saying that you're pushing for unity in your caucus. What's coming back from the other side, uh, and some colleagues who have been on your side on a number of different issues, does not sound like unity. I'm going to play two sound bites, Marjorie Taylor Greene and then Dan Crenshaw. Take a- okay. Now, like I said, Brett is not backing down. He's asking tough questions, but he's being polite. He's being professional. Unlike Sean Hannity, he's actually letting her speak. And he's getting ready to play these two sound bites. Lauren Boebert, under $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. Many more people have taken Kevin McCarthy's money to get elected, and then there's a few of them that don't want to support him as speaker. Some of the reasons that these people have for not voting for McCarthy are unbelievably petty. Unbelievably petty. This is about showmanship. This is about notoriety. It has nothing to do with the conservative agenda. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Congresswoman, saying that, you know, you just won a very close election in Colorado uh, and that went to a, a recount. And she's saying that Kevin McCarthy helped you get across the finish line uh, and that you're just trying to make a point or make a splash. How do you respond to that? Well, there are laws in this building that prevent me from going too far into detail, but I can say that I did not receive any help in that election, and uh, that was a very big deal. Um, we pay dues as members to the NRCC, and they were nowhere to be found. Um, and then as far as um, uh, our request being petty, I don't think a secure border is petty. I don't think a term limits bill being brought to the floor, not demanded to pass, but brought to the floor so we actually have an option to vote on that, is petty. But Congresswoman, you're not saying that your other colleagues, you're petty. not saying your other colleagues don't want a secure border or don't want a balanced budget, right? You're not saying that about your Republican colleagues. We haven't seen that demonstrated from leadership. We asked for the RSC, the Republican Study Committee's budget, be put forward. This is a budget that balances in seven years. And Kevin McCarthy told us no. This is the leadership that they are backing right now, who is not for putting forward a balanced budget amendment. Okay, how do you see this ending? Can you see yourself voting for a consensus candidate? Can you vote for Steve Scalise, for example? I am voting for um, anyone who actually brings unity to the Republican Party and helps get our country back on track. And we who is have that? to actually govern on the things that we've campaigned on. Well, right now, our candidate is Jim Jordan. This is He is a fighter. He is a leader. Um, he may not want it right now, but George Washington did not want to be president. He did what was right for his country. So do you think and Jim Jordan time, is the consensus candidate? Right now, he absolutely is. And every time that he speaks up um, to defend Kevin McCarthy, he actually just reaffirms why he would make a great speaker. And if you heard from him that he does not want it in any way, shape, or form, what do you say? Uh, I have heard that from him. And uh, if we have the numbers, then sorry, Jim Jordan, we're going to make you do what's right for the country. We love you. Okay. Uh, Representative-elect Lauren Boebert, we appreciate your time. Thank you. I hope you notice the difference between the way the bread bear, who, again, I'm no fan of, but between the way he handled himself and the way Sean Handy handled himself. One was actually an interview. The other was just running roughshod over her. And it was, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. Now, um, a little bit of breaking news here as I'm doing this uh, show well, actually on Thursday morning. Buffalo Bills just dropped this a few minutes ago. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours while still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal. And he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's good. Keep praying for that young man. And keep praying that the truth, the truth will come out. That's what we need. Okay. I guess it's about that time. Hit it, Brian. 
We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Today's Tweet of the Day was the prayer of invocation a couple of days ago for the inauguration of Ron DeSantis, who was reelected governor of Florida. Now, this prayer of invocation is by a gentleman named Tom Askell, who I've actually met before. I've, I've heard him teach, and he's, he's strong. Tom Askell, pastor of Grace Baptist Church, in Cape Coral, Florida. Join with me as we go to our great God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we bow to you today on this momentous occasion because you alone are God. You're the creator and sustainer of all things, visible and invisible. You are sovereign, and through your Son, Jesus Christ, you rule and overrule in all the affairs of life. We thank you for your great love for people whom you have made in your own image. And we confess that we have not lived as we ought, and we've sinned against you. But we also confess that with you there is mercy that you may be feared. Thank you for delivering up your Son to be the Savior of the world. We also thank you for the provisions that you have made for us to pursue liberty, joy, and justice in your world, and for instituting government and all governing authorities for our well-being. In your wisdom, goodness, and power, you have once again established Governor DeSantis to serve the people of Florida by carrying out his responsibilities in ways that will be good for us. We thank you for all the wonderful things that have been accomplished in his first term, including his leadership and resolve to keep Florida free through the recent pandemic and societal upheaval that plagues so much of our nation and his compassionate, energetic, and effective recovery work in the wake of Hurricane Ian. Today, as he takes his oath of office to fulfill his duties by your help, we know that he will need grace from you to meet the challenges that will be thrust upon him as the civil leader of Florida. Grant Governor DeSantis wisdom beyond his years, strength beyond his abilities, and courage to stand firm in every righteous conviction. Remind him that he occupies this office as your servant. Enable him to serve with joy, zeal, and in the fear of God. Father, grant our governor good counsel and the humility to heed it when it will help him to serve the citizens of this state well. Enable him to utilize his office to lead this state in ways that will benefit all Floridians. And help him to remember both the source and responsibility of his authority. Lord, we ask you to have mercy on our governor's precious family. We pray for his wife, Casey, and children, Madison, Mason, and Mamie. With all the demands that go with his office, Grant him the strength and discipline to love and care for them. Watch over and bless this family as he gives himself to serve this state. So, Holy Father, hear our prayers for Governor DeSantis. Receive our praise and answer our requests because we bring them to you in the strong name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. That is today's tweet of the day. Pastor Tom Askell of Grace Baptist Church, Cape Coral, Florida, doing the invocation for the recent 
inauguration of Governor Ron DeSantis. All right, so you've been listening to Episode 314 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, The Views and Opinions. Expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is, Wednesday, January 4th, 2023.